Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today's topic is one that I have gotten so many messages about. I feel like it is such a needed topic in our day and age, and I am really honored to have in studio someone who I feel like is going to bring so much wisdom and experience and also just personal vulnerability when it comes to the topic of body image. So welcome, Rachel Gilbert. I'm so excited to have you in studio. You wrote the book, Image Restored, Tear Down Shame and Insecurity to Experience a Body Image Renovation. And you just share very openly in this book your your journey through this. I'd love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about you and the story behind why you wrote this book. Well, Crystal, thank you for having me. I always love sitting in the guest seat uh, here. And yeah, I wrote Image Restored because like many authors, it was a bit of a life message. I definitely, body image was something that was a struggle for me as a kid and then even into teen years and early adult. And it wasn't until I got married and was pregnant for the first time that a lot of my issues really just came to the surface and I couldn't hide them any longer. My husband got to see a little behind the curtains and I, you know, set out on my own freedom healing journey. And it was several years for me in the making. And that was just something that's been on my heart to to turn back and help other people who might be in it right now and who are looking for some answers and just want somebody to reach out a hand and say, Hey, follow me. I've been there. I know what you're going through and there is a way out. And tell us a little bit about your background as far as you've done some things with fitness and counseling and some different things that kind of really lend itself to giving you perspective for writing on this topic. Yeah. So my undergraduate degree is in exercise physiology. And right after I got that degree, I became a stay-at-home mom. And as a stay-at-home mom, I ended up teaching at local gyms and even boot camps. And so for about a decade, I was a group fitness instructor and I loved that. I still, I still love, I actually still hold a lot of my certifications because I just can't let them go. I don't have time to teach group fitness anymore, but it's still just something that's super fun to me. But with that, I got to get a lot of perspective on the fitness side of things and even just hear lots of stories and see what people are going through. Fitness has a way of opening people's hearts up to us. Uh, after class, I'd come up and share stuff they were going through. Um, and then I ended up going back to graduate school after being a stay-at-home mom for a decade and got my master's in marriage and family therapy. And while I was in school, I did an internship in an eating disorder center and just chose to specialize in body image and um, went on a quest there, did a lot of research for it because again, it was something I was struggling through myself. So I just wanted to know, okay, what is out there? How do we how do we tackle this thing from both a therapeutic and a biblical spiritual aspect as well? One of the things I love about your book is that it's interactive. It's not just you giving you know, words of wisdom, sharing your story, giving practical advice. There's a lot of that, but it's also helping people to sit with questions. There's sections for you to journal. There is 
There are videos. There are coloring sections, which I love because I feel like it's bringing in so many different facets of us and challenging us to really sit with this material and to process it. And we all process in different ways. Um, But you talk about in the book, in the fitness industry, you talk about how you experienced where people kind of told you, you need to look a certain way in order to be in this industry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, after having um, three kids, I definitely found myself in the place of struggling. I just um, still had that last, you know, 10 pounds that just did not seem to want to go anywhere. And I remember I was actually going through a fitness training and this particular fitness training, we had to be able to teach a video and teach a class in front of the instructor who was going to be certifying us. And I got up and I, I did my teaching and afterwards we'd gather around in a large group in this gym and he would give us feedback, which was terrifying. And I remember my heart was racing and he sat there and he first just started going, Rachel, that was amazing. You, that you came alive when you got behind the mic. He was just giving me all kinds of praises about how I did as a fitness instructor. But then he said, but he said, if I'm going to pass you, and if you want to work for this company, you have to lose that mama pouch. And he said, he said, now remind me, how old is your son? And at this point, I'm just like deer in headlights, like, what just happened? You know, I got praised for how well I did as an instructor, but you're telling me if you, if I want to pass, I have to lose my mama belly. And I said, he's three. And he said, okay, what's your excuse? There's, mm-hmm. there's no excuse for that. He's like, you can do better. Just lose that and we'll be good to go. And then he moved along to the next person. And I just remember leaving that gym thinking, what am I doing? Like, how am I part of this industry that's saying, Hey, yeah, you're you're good here, but I'm sorry until you measure up in this other area, you can't be a part of our team. It felt very much so. Uh, and I write about this in the book. It felt like flashbacks of middle school of uh, no, you cannot sit at our table because you don't look the part. And so that was just a message I'd been told so much that you have to look a certain way in order to get to play with us. And there it was again. And so I just remember, even though that was a very hurtful season for me, Believe it or not, it turned into like breaking open this part of my heart that needed healing and me going, Lord, uh, I'm done trying to do this on my own strength. I've been trying to figure it out because the old Rachel would have gone home and tried to figure out how to lose my mama pouch, you know? And instead I said, I, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be something different. And that really opened up a door for me to begin my own healing there. So you said your healing journey took some time. It yeah. wasn't an overnight thing. Walk us through, like, how did you, you talked about the old Rachel, and then now you're having this new perspective. What shifted so that you could have that change of perspective? I know for me, and I think I've noticed this with a lot of people in life when it comes to change, there's different, I don't know if you ever heard of, there's six different stages of change where we're like contemplating and there's pre-contemplation and contemplation, and then we're actually prepared for it. I know for me, I just got to this point where I was tired of the heaviness that it was, it was bossing me around, right? It was telling me, it was ordering my day. It was telling me how to spend my resources, my time, my money, my headspace, uh, the things I cared about. It was rearing its ugly head in comparison. And I just finally got to a point in life where I thought, I don't want to live my whole life 
this way. And I think sometimes we think as we get older, it'll just go away. I know as a teenager, I thought that like, oh, well, once I'm older, I won't care as much about it. Well, newsflash, (laughs) it doesn't just magically go away on its own. We have to be intentional to say, I want to dig into this and figure out where I'm hung up here. Um, I've counseled 70, 80 year old women who are still struggling with this type of thing. And so I like to say it is a journey because I'm still on the journey. I wrote the book on body image and I would lie to you if I was said, oh, that, that old way of thinking never pops up for me. It's just a non-issue now. That's not true. It still pops up, but I now have tools and I can recognize it a lot quicker before it just takes over my day and my week and maybe even, you know, several months without me even recognizing what's happening. And so that's why I do call it a journey. And like I said, so for me, the journey began when I got tired of living a certain way. That's really, we have to just come to the end of ourselves and we go, the way I'm doing this isn't working. It's heavy, it's exhausting, it's stealing my joy and my peace and robbing me of so much that we just have to finally go, I'm ready for change. I am ready to do something different. And then that's where the fun begins because it's like we open this area of our heart and our life that we'd clung so tightly to that we finally go, okay, I'm ready to get the help I need. And whatever that looks like for us in that season, whether it's through my book or counseling or, you know, a friend or a pastor or somebody that's going to help you walk through this, um, then that journey begins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it starts with recognizing, I don't want to live this way anymore. And I was thinking of the subtitle of your book, Tear Down Shame and Insecurity to Experience a Body Image Renovation. And I think there are a lot of women who are listening right now who they resonate with that. They're saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like maybe I'm 30 years old and for all my life, I've really just hated my body or I'm 45 and I'm really embarrassed of the way that I look or, you know, I'm 20 and I feel like I don't want to live in the pathway of, you know, I saw my mom constantly putting herself down or whatever, but, you know, tearing down shame and insecurity to experience a body image renovation. Where do we start when we recognize, okay, I don't live like that anymore. You talked about tools. Give us a few tools that when we hear those things, you know, we're saying this to ourselves. we're looking in the mirror, oh man, if I could just lose X amount of pounds or I don't like how this looks, like what do we do? How do we change so that that's not how we view ourselves? Yeah. And I love how you mentioned that just recognizing, you, you know, you summed up what I was saying that recognizing we're even doing it. And I also just feel led to say that I know for me, for years, I thought if I just lost that weight, then I'd be able to look in the mirror and go, woohoo, I love what I see. Or if I just got rid of that wrinkle that runs its way through, you know, then I will be able to look in. And I don't know if the listeners can relate to this or not, but I know for me, I think that's might be some of the most disheartening times of when I did lose the weight. And I was like, oh man, that body image struggle is still there. Why are you still there? And it's because I didn't deal with the root. And we call that, you know, so for a practical thing, if you recognize, okay, this is recurring for me. I, I want to address it at the root level, like stop taking off the, the top of the weed, you know, and like actually pull it up by the root. Um, we call that, if we were just doing that behavior modification, which only works 
so long and gets you so far. Um, but if we can go after those core beliefs and so core beliefs, you can recognize something I like to teach people is just to do a body image timeline. You don't even need my book to do a body image timeline, pull out a piece of paper, draw yourself a line and think through just some significant moments you've had in life with your body. Like the one I shared a little bit ago about this man telling me, Hey, if you would just lose your mama belly, you would be able to work for our company and, um, do that, like write down those memories. And so for me, when I looked at my body image timeline, I just saw that recurring theme of, I have to earn my worth. Right. And like, that's what and that man just kind of, he that wasn't a newsflash there. He was just speaking into something I already was struggling with. And so when somebody can start to recognize their core beliefs that they've lived with, we all have them. Some are great core beliefs that I want to hang on to. And some we need to challenge and say, this is not true. It's not serving me or my family. We've got to rewrite it. And once we recognize it, we can rewrite it. And I do that with the cognitive triangle. So again, on that same piece of paper you have, draw a triangle and at the top, write your thoughts. And then um, in one corner, put emotions. And in the other corner, put behaviors. And so what thoughts are tied to that core belief? So when you're looking in the mirror and you see, oh, man, I need to lose this, you know, and that's coming up for me. That was tied to my thought of I need to earn my worth, my, earn the ability to be loved. And so then I'd have to challenge that thought and go, wait, hold on. Where did this thought even come from? Is there any truth in it? Uh, for me, I believe that the Bible is where I get my truth. And so I'll look in the Bible and go, what does God say about this topic? And find something there that is challenging it. And then you look at how it affects the emotions that are tied to it and then the behaviors that go along with it, because then the behaviors modify organically. Mm. I know for me, dealing with the root instead of, I feel like for years and years and years, I was just trying to like you talked about, just kind of like clip the weed, you know, let's, let's clip the weeds and not deal with the root because I didn't even know how to. And, and I think I actually had believed lies for so long that they had become my truth. You know, it was what I led with and lived under. And so when I would go into a situation, I believed this lie so much that I thought everyone else is thinking the same thing too. And like, so I'm just going to lead with that insecurity because it's true, right? And when I recognize, no, if I hold that up to the truth of God's word, that is not what God says about me, you know? And I am beautiful and loved and forgiven and chosen. And it took a long time of me catching when I would allow those lies to be just swirling around in my head and then replacing them with the truth and just doing it over and over and over and changing the pathways of my brain so that that wasn't what I instantly went to when I looked in the mirror or when I had maybe a negative interaction with someone. And so you are absolutely right. Like for me, once I started dealing with the root, that's when I found healing. And that's when I no longer was just constantly neg allowing negativity to just reside in my head and just then kind of pour out of how I talked about myself as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional, 
physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life, in the way that we think, in the way that we raise our kids, in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, if that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com slash crystal pain today, and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash crystal pain. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than Home Threads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter. From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from Home Threads, and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office, and it just adds the perfect touch, and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from Home Threads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order. Because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's homethreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. Homethreads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I got to try out Armoire, and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years, and this one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is and it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But also, I was super impressed within what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, So I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved 
every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out Armoire. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style forward slash crystal. That's Armoire Style, A R M O I R E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try Armoire today. So with this topic, I feel like that you have girls. I have girls. I um, also spend a lot of time around teen girls in in our youth group at our church. And I just see that this is something that is so prevalent. There are so many teen girls who are really struggling with their body image. How can we as moms, what are some practical things that we can do to help our teen girls maybe not have to go through some of the thing hard things that we've walked through and maybe have more of a wholesome god honoring view of themselves i love this question cuz you're right you know you asked me earlier why did i write the book part of it was for my girls too right like just going i want to do things differently for my generation and the generations to follow And the first thing I would say is we have to be careful not to shame them for their body image struggles. Mm -hmm. And I know that's an interesting thing to bring up because we hear a lot of shame about, you know, not people looking a certain way or maybe you need to lose the weight or how I was shamed by this man I told you about. But um, we can also bring that same shame in whenever, let's say, for example, one of my girls was to come to me and say, mom, I'm, I feel fat. I just feel fat. And if I respond with, oh, honey, that's silly. You do not need to feel fat. You're so pretty. Okay. Obviously that's, you would think that's a kind thing to say and everything. And of course I will get to that point where I'm challenging their thought, but I don't lead with the challenging. I lead with embracing and going, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Oh, I can so relate. You know, when I was your age, I felt that same way. And you know what? I'm so proud of you that you told me because I never told anybody when I was your age. I struggled alone. So thank you for letting me into this. And so I start by being just that warm, safe place for them that they feel like when they're having these struggles, they're not afraid to come to me because most people, especially teenagers, but I think any age, sometimes we don't go to people because we know they're going to just be like, oh, don't feel that way. There's no need for that. And while it's true, I don't want my daughters to feel that way. And yes, we do get to the point where we start going, okay, let's look at why we're feeling this way. Where's this coming from? Let's look at the thoughts that are happening. And what have you been watching? What are you looking at on social media? Like, let's, let's kind of dig into this, but I don't start there. So that's the first just practical advice I have. And then the next thing is to us as the moms. And this is the fun part where we have to do our own work. And I think that I am seeing a shift in that most of us are starting to recognize, okay, it's not the best thing in the world to 
say in front of my daughters, oh, I hate my body or, oh, look how, you know, look at the saggy skin or like, we're getting better about that. I've noticed of recognizing our words that we're saying out loud. And um, obviously it's something I think we all can always be mindful of and improve upon, but it doesn't stop there because the other thing is when we have our own unprocessed hurts and and traumas and things that we're still carrying, even if I never say one negative word about my body in front of my daughters, they can sense it if I have not processed it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like even without our words, sometimes our actions, um, unspoken things speak just as loudly at times. Um, The way we spend our time and our resources and things that matter to us, um, even just the way we carry ourselves. Like you mentioned earlier, when you walk into a room, when we're leading with insecurity, We think we're tricking people, but we're really not. (laughs) Most of the time, people can see through it. Even if they can't put words to what they're seeing through, they notice something. There's a mask of some sort that's being led with. And so those are the two biggest things I can say is one, you know, being that safe space when they do come and giving them that place for to be able to feel and then um, dealing with your own stuff. And that's where, you know, digging into this book or getting the help you need, again, from a trusted friend or counselor that's huge. That's for your girls too, not just for you. You have a chapter in this book on trauma and how it can impact body image. Um, Tell us a little bit about that because I feel like that's something that we don't talk about enough. Yes. That was so important to me to include. And honestly, it was hard to write just one chapter on it because I'm like, oh my goodness, I have so much to say. And uh, you know, as a therapist, I practice EMDR and uh, that just for the listener who has never heard of that before, that stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing, uh, a fancy way of just talking about processing memories and especially the emotions that are still tied to memories. And so we all have trauma in our life. Um, most people know about big T traumas. Those are pretty big things that the outsider looking in could definitely say, oh, wow, that was traumatic. Uh, But then the small T traumas can be just as effective over our lifetime because they happen and maybe nobody even knew about it. Maybe it was when you were in the third grade and some, uh, you know, a little boy called you chubby and that kind of hurt. You didn't go tell anybody about it, but it left a mark on your on your little heart. And over the years, those little traumas, they stack up. I kind of like think of um, Jenga stacking blocks and how we're stacking them up. And uh, before you know it, you're stuck in an area. You don't really know why, because you're thinking, I don't have any giant trauma around that. Like that doesn't even make sense. But when you add one more layer Each time something happens that's in that same line of that, whatever the thing is we're looking at and those core beliefs, then um, it is a big wall. And that's the beauty of when we start to process some of those things. The cool thing is it's very similar like Jenga, that when you pull some of those bottom layers out, the whole thing can come crashing down. And so I like to encourage people, you know, I think sometimes what keeps people from processing trauma is it feels scary and overwhelming. And that's totally understandable. But when it's done correctly, you should not have to process every single memory that's ever happened in your life. We're going after the, after the core ones and um, we call it opening up channels in your in your memory, you know, in your brain and in the brain is just so fascinating and beautifully wired that once those channels start to open, 
it releases. Um, but yeah, time and time again, we just see how our body holds on to those traumatic moments, those traumatic memories, and we see it show up in pain a lot of times and different things. And so that's been really, it's been really fun to see that when we do process trauma that a lot of times different um, shifts will happen in people's bodies. But that's why it was important to me to address it in the book, because I can give you the cognitive resources all day long to tell you to reframe your brain and meditate on this verse. And all those things are great. I'm not discounting them. But if we don't process that trauma, there's only so many times you can reframe your mindset. (laughs) It just needs you to stop and go, oh, hey, this really happened. It's time to release this. You told me before we started recording that writing this book, you had to deal with a lot of insecurity. And I'd love for you to share what that was like and how you process through that as you were writing this book and putting this message out to the world, which is very vulnerable to put any kind of book, but especially a book on body image where you share really vulnerably. Yeah, I I do find it ironic that, you know, in the subtitle, it's tearing down our insecurities. And man, I had to majorly wrestle through the insecurities, not only just as an author, um, but also, like you said, putting myself out there. And I think the big insecurity that came for me was the fact that, like I told you before, I'm still on this journey. So there's still days where I can struggle with this and have to remind myself of the truths and the tools that I know about. And so I never wanted to be a fraud. You know, I never wanted to be somebody who's just putting tools out there (laughs) saying, hey, you should do all these things and not implementing them in my life. And so I did every single thing that you'll see in this book, the body image timeline. I did another one as I was writing the book for me. And I would realize, ooh, there's something in there. I need to process it. And I would either do some things on my, you know, self, some of the tools I have, or I'd see my own counselor. Um, All the things that I did though, the journaling, the stopping, and when it would come up, instead of letting that insecurity be something that defined me, I would lean into it and go, okay, what are you, what are you really trying to tell me here? And that's the thing I encourage people as they're going through the book and as how, how I wrote it in the format of, like you said, interactive, but it's a journey for them don't be afraid of the things that are coming up. Um, I wrestled through those things just writing the book. And I promise you on the other side of that though, I've never been more free in this area than I am right now. And I can say that with confidence. And like I said, I'm like, I don't want this to be that I'm still over here, you know, struggling in such a way that I'm not victorious. And so, yeah, lean into the things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that you're willing to share that you had your own insecurities while writing a book on tearing down Mm -hmm. shame and insecurity, because I think it's important for people to realize that it's not like we ever fully arrive. You know, like this is a journey, like you said, but it's something that we, I think, just get better at, Mm -hmm. as in we recognize more rapidly, oh, that's insecurity. Instead of saying, that's truth, recognizing, oh, that's that's not truth. That's not in, in align with God's word. And then here are some tools that I can implement to be able to process that and get to a healthier place. Mm-hmm. And so one thing is I was thinking as I was reading the book is I don't feel like in 
I'd love to hear your take on this, but that we ever get to a place where it's like, we never deal with any insecurity. <laughs> it's like, we, that's why I look forward to heaven. Like there will not be insecurity, but I think the more that we look to Jesus and like recognize how much we're loved by him and covered in the blood, then it's like, I don't have to try to be more, do more, do better, um, you know, lose that weight. Yes, we want to pursue being healthier and all of that, but that it's recognizing how much we're loved by him. And that changes so much because then we're not trying to earn that approval and worth from other people or what we do. I'm so glad you brought this up, Crystal, because actually I share a journal article. I found a professional journal article that was not um, a faith-based researcher. And what they found is that a secure attachment to our creator improves body image, Mm -hmm. which was why it was so important to me to have a solid, lay a solid foundation. And like you said, keep pointing people back to Jesus. And the reason why, like you mentioned, we'll always struggle with insecurity because we live in a fallen world and my day-to-day life, I'm not just hanging out with me and Jesus all day. I have my moments where we are and he's with me and all that I do, but it is that constant, oh yeah, go back to Jesus. Oh yeah, turn back, look back. And when I'm secure in him and who I am in him, then all the things, body image and all of other areas where I feel insecure, they get in line. And it's easy for me, like you said, to recognize Yeah. This quote in the book, the enemy would like us to become so obsessed with looking down at our bodies that we forget to look up to Jesus. And I think anytime those thoughts are coming to us of feeling insecure or struggling with our body image, struggling with our worth, feeling shame, all of that, it's really an attack from the enemy on our souls to take our eyes off of Jesus and to keep us living in bondage instead of victory. As we close out this episode, I'd love for you to speak to the woman who she's listening and she's saying, I desperately want to get to a place where I'm not just constantly bogged down by body image, by shame, by insecurity. I want to be able to look to Jesus, but you don't understand like the things that have been said to me. You don't understand what I see when I look in the mirror and I just feel like there's no hope for me. Like I, I'm, it's so, it's so many years and I'm so far into this journey, have heard so much hurt and been told so many things and told myself so many things that I just feel like I can never get free. What do you say to that woman? First of all, I just say I'm so sorry because you are not alone in that place that you're in currently and not just other women who can relate, but even Jesus, he came for the brokenhearted. And um, I just want to encourage you if you're listening and you go, it just, this feels like a hopeless area. I just, I've given up even thinking that things could change. I've tried the things and um I just want to encourage you, open up your heart to Jesus, to this area. Um, He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Get to know the character of the Lord and how much He loves you, how much He is for you, how much He just wants to be with you in every single area of your life. And I promise you, the only thing He's asking you to do is to say, yes, I'm, I'm willing to open up this area of my life to you. 
then let him come in and do the heavy lifting, like lay it down and whatever he asks you to do next, whether it's to fast social media for a week and just be in his word or just whatever your next marching orders are, he'll give that to you, but just let him into it. And I promise you, he's worthy of that trust and and he cares about this area of your life. I love the title of your book, Image Restored and Rest Restored is in a different color. I just feel like that stands out of like what it looks like to rest in Jesus Mm -hmm. and that when we tear down shame and insecurity and experience a body image renovation, we get to rest in Jesus Mm -hmm. and what he thinks about us and what he says about us. And there's just so much peace that comes in that place when we're just standing in confidence of who we are in Christ, not what anyone has ever said about us, what we've told the person that we see in the mirror, but who we are in Christ, when we know who we are in Christ. And like you said, how He views us, we can just rest and it changes everything for us. And so I just really appreciate that you put yourself out there and confronted your own insecurity and shared your journey with us, Rachel, to write this book. And I would just really highly recommend anyone who has struggled with body image, is struggling with insecurity, has daughters, or in any way engages with young women to get a copy of this. I think it would be really beautiful to go through with other women, to go through with your daughters, if you have daughters, get a copy of this book, Image Restored, Tear Down Shame and Insecurity to Experience a Body Image Renovation. And we'll link to it in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.